Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Bearded Beast Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and today I'll be talking about hog hunting, specifically hog hunting in Oklahoma, which is where I do the majority of my hog hunting, and I always have people that ask me a lot of questions, uh, different things uh, about rifles and things that I do and things that I use, so uh, we're going to jump right into that. One of the biggest questions that I get asked a lot is, um, what kind of rifle do you use? And one thing that I always like to tell people is that uh, it really all depends on where you're hunting. Um, If you're hunting out in the open, um, say out of a blind or a box blind, something like that, hunting over a field, a food plot, something that's in the open where you can take a decent shot... um, my personal preference is a 300 Wind Mag. Uh, it's got plenty of knockdown power, and it can really reach out there. Um, the things about hogs is some of the old boars have got uh, very, very big shields over their shoulders. They're very thick. Um, I shot one, had uh, about an inch and a half thick armor plate over uh, the shoulders, and... I shot him with a 300 wind mag at about 75 yards. Um, probably not the best caliber to use at that close a range, um, but that's what I had out that day, and that's what I used. Um, but whenever I shot him, he he really only run about uh, 15 or 20 yards before he expired, and. While it turned his insides to mush, the bullet really didn't have a lot of time to expand. Um, I think I was using a 150 grain uh, Hornady ballistic tip bullet. It turned his insides to mush, but he really didn't bleed. And um, that really got me to thinking about uh, looking into other calibers to use. Um, one thing that I've really got into here lately is uh, handgun hunting. And right now I got a Smith & Wesson 460 Magnum um, that I'm really itching to uh, get something with. Uh, my last trip to Oklahoma, I took it with me. And it's um, it's, it's kind of what I'm, I'm using right now. Um, I haven't killed anything with it yet, um, but I'm hoping to. One of the other things that I really like to use is a 12-gauge shotgun for closer ranges. Um, probably, I would say within 50 yards, um, using double-lot or triple-lot buckshot uh, out of a 3-inch shell uh, works really, really good. Um, here a couple years back, whenever I was in Oklahoma, uh, I took a couple friends with me, and uh, my buddy used a uh, 12-gauge semi-automatic, uh, was using 3-inch triple-lot buck. And they seen the sound of hogs coming in. Um, they all got up there and, and right there in the bait pile, and they kind of just lined up, and he just kind of shot right up, right amongst them. Two of them dropped, um, and, of course, we had to go out the next morning and look for blood trail. Um, there was three different blood trails going off in three different directions. Um, down there where we hunt, it's more of nuisance hunting. It's not a high fenced ranch or anything like that. So we, we really, we, we spent a good amount of time, a fair amount of time looking for these hogs. 
um, but we we didn't have no luck finding them. Um, so 12 gauge really will knock them down. It's really really good. Um, it's up to you. Uh, double lot buck, triple lot buck, both work pretty good. Um, but there are several other guns. People always ask me. They say, "Well, will will a thirty thirty work?" Absolutely, a thirty thirty will work. Nothing wrong with it. Um, any of your really your standard deer hunting cartridges will be just fine. Um, I know several guys. I actually went with somebody that used a two twenty three. Um, what I'd like to tell people is, use the biggest gun that you're comfortable with. If that's a 223, then use it. Um, six o'clock on the lobe. As uh, Pigman says, six o'clock on the lobe puts them down. They shoot right underneath that ear and they'll drop. Shoot them in the head, they'll drop. Um, which is really the best place to shoot them if, uh, if you can. Um, I know a lot of people are more traditional. They like to go for that shoulder, but that that big plate that big armor plate over that shoulder is really uh it's really tough and it, it acts like a sponge to uh just to soak up all that blood and uh so really you need uh if you're gonna shoot him in the shoulder you need something pretty pretty decent that's uh really really gonna hit him hard and uh just destroy a lot of that tissue on the inside of the shoulder um if they take off running, uh, depending on what you use, there again, I mean, uh, they might leave a good blood trail. They might not. I mean, I shot that one with that 300 wind mag, and he bled a couple drops. I I seen where he dropped, and uh, you know, thankfully, I didn't have to didn't have to go looking for him. Um, I uh, I've used a 6.8 SPC before. Uh, shot one, got a got a little uh little bit more far forward than i would have liked not not quite underneath the ear but a little bit further above the shoulder shot it knocked it down and uh laid on the ground and and did what i like to call a little dick dance uh, was kicking and and just shaking and that kind of thing and after about five or six seconds that sucker jumped up and he just took off so uh it, it, he was another one that was that was really hard to find. Um, so just really, really use uh, what you're comfortable with. Um, shot placement is key. So just always remember, uh, you know, it's all about where you put that bullet. You can you can uh, take them down with a 22 long rifle if you put it in the right spot. Um, another question I get asked a lot is uh, about camouflage. And that again is is it's up to you. Um, anymore, where I hunt, we sit in box blinds. Um, we're kind of probably uh, eight foot, ten foot up off the ground. We're sitting in there. Uh, a lot of times, windows are closed, so you really don't need camouflage. Um, you wear a camouflage shirt, um, but it's really up to you. Um, and once again, it all just depends on how you're hunting. If you're sitting in a stand uh, 16 foot off the ground and 
you know, you, you think you're out there bare. I know a lot of guys that just do it in jeans and a dark colored shirt. But if you feel like you're exposed, wear that camouflage. Um, the, the big thing is scent blocker. Hogs have got some noses on them, and they can smell you and will smell you. So the big thing is, you know, you want to use some kind of scent blocker. It's hard, especially a lot of times uh, hunting hogs. You know, you're in Texas, you're in Arkansas, it's summertime, it's hot. Everybody's got that funk going on. You know, you can't avoid it. You're just sitting out there and it's 110 in the shade. Humidity is 110% and it's just absolutely miserable. But, um, you know, if you want to wear the camouflage, wear that camouflage. That's what I tell everybody scent blocker is the main thing something to get rid of that odor because once again hogs have got a hell of a nose on them um another big thing that i get asked all the time is um what do you what do you do you know as far as hunting Um, and we we bait them we put corn out um we have always found that it works if mixing Kool-Aid powder, the tubs of Kool-Aid, uh, mixing that powder in with the corn. Um, something about it, they just where we hunt, that's they like that. Some people have had luck with it. I've, I've heard others it hasn't done much good for them. Uh, they don't like doing it. They just prefer dumping the corn out and hunting over the corn. And if that's what, uh, that's what you're used to and it works for you, then do it, I say. But, uh, no, I, I primarily hunt in uh, Oklahoma, uh, southeastern Oklahoma. Uh, have pretty good luck. It's, it's not a fenced-in ranch. Um, so sometimes I go down there and I come back empty-handed. Other times I, I do really well. Um, so beautiful country down there so even if i even if i come back empty-handed i don't see anything um i i love it down there it's just i love getting up in the morning it's just so pretty uh, there's mountains you know it's a mountainous terrain down there it's it's really really pretty and i really really enjoy going down there um haven't done a lot of hog hunting really anywhere else um I'd like to get down into Texas and get out in some uh, some open plains, maybe uh, maybe a ranch or something, and and be able to take a little bit longer shots. Primarily where I'm hunting at right now, it's uh, it's all kind of it's all kind of mainly in the woods. There's a few open fields and stuff like that uh, we hunt over, but uh, it's mainly it's mainly wooded area. Um, so that's. Then again, that's where I like to, you know, mix it up with my calibers. The handgun uh, works really well for that. Uh, shotgun works really well. Uh, I do take my 300 wind mag, although it's, you know, it's kind of not really the the range. You know, you, you, 100 yards max shot, and you know, 300 wind mags kind of overkill at that uh, that distance, I would say. Um, but Handgun, uh, 12-gauge with double or triple lot buck, 3-inch, I would say at least 3-inch. Uh, works really well. A um, couple other calibers that uh, I've used that I really like, um, 450 Bushmaster, the 50 Beowulf, 
the new 350 legend. Uh, that's what my wife takes uh, whenever we go out there, when she goes out there with me. And she really enjoys to shoot that caliber. And uh, if you don't know a lot about the 350 legend, I suggest maybe get on YouTube and look it up. Uh, it's really, it's a really good caliber. It's really, really uh, light recoiling. Uh, it's got, you know, a fair bit of knockdown power. Uh, my oldest daughter took her first deer with it two years ago, and she absolutely loves it. Uh, I love the round. I, I bought a bolt-action rifle in it, as well as uh, my AR that I built. That was the first thing that I had chambered in it. Uh, very good round. 3030 works great. 308, 30-06. Uh, 35, 35 Remington uh, would be another good caliber. 45, 70 even. Um, comes to just hunting hogs. I don't think that you can really use uh, too big of a caliber, uh, especially with that armor plate. And I keep saying that, that armor plate. Some of them older boars got a really, really thick armor plate, and it just it, it takes a lot to penetrate that and just put them down. So... I mean, 4570 might be a bit overkill on a smaller pig or a sow or something like that. It, it really could be uh, a little bit overkill. But, um, I mean, if you're down there doing what we do and, and more nuisance hunting than anything, really anything you can get them down with, you know, will be sufficient. Um, just get them down and, and get them off the property. Another big thing that I always get asked a lot is, uh, do you eat them? Absolutely. Um, the boars, not so much. Uh, cut the head off of it and take it as a trophy. You know, uh, do a European mount. Um, my first one that I got down there, I did do a shoulder mount on. My wife, she uh, she liked to kill me whenever she found out how much it cost. And then it really didn't help. Uh I hung it right next to our wedding picture over our front door. But um, if if I do any more, they'll probably just be strictly European mounts. Um, I, I got a skull in my freezer. I haven't, uh, I need to get that thing and get a, get a European mount done on it. So yeah, all the rest of the boars will probably be just European mounts. Um, you can't, you really can't eat them things there they're just they they stink a lot of times i can i can actually smell them before i see them coming through the woods um but as far as piglets and the sows man that is the best pork you're ever going to eat um, a lot of people don't know this but uh, the piglets actually suckle off the sows um, and not just their own mother but they suckle off of the other sows like they in their sound, they, they breed so rapidly and have so many that I think the sows just produce milk all year round. And the other piglets will run around and nurse off of other sows that are producing milk. Um, so there is hardly any fat on them whatsoever. I mean, they are just amazing, amazing, amazing to eat. Um, my local uh, my local butcher there in town. Um, they smoke them and, uh, we'll have them smoke them and take them and put them back in the freezer and, uh, we'll just get them out and warm them up in the oven. 
have a big get together or something. They're they're absolutely delicious. Amazing, amazing table fare. Something else is uh, generally down there in the uh, the lower um, states down there where you would hunt. I always tell people get you some good, good quality waterproof snake boots. I can't uh, can't say this enough. Um, messing with snakes, the rattlesnakes down there is just. It's crazy. I'd been down there a couple times, and of course, it was always cooler. It was always in about March. Um, wasn't really that bad, but uh, a couple times that I did go in uh, May, late May, whenever it started to warm up, um, haven't really seen anything. The landowner told me, he said, yeah, he said, hey, we, we got a lot of rattlesnakes around here. Showed me a couple pictures of some seven and eight footers. Uh, it wasn't until this last trip that I went down uh, over Memorial Day. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, I seen uh, seen my first rattler down there. I went up to uh, pull a pull an SD card out of a game camera, and uh, as I was walking up the path up there, there sure was there's a little bitty a uh, little bitty rattlesnake. It kind of startled me. Uh, you always hear them rattles uh, on TV and whatnot, and it, it kind of startled me because I, I could hear him rattling, and I was I was like, man, what is that? And uh, just kind of looked down and was looking looking down and, and sure enough there was a little bitty rattlesnake right there so i uh i just went out and around him i let him be and uh he went his way i went mine but uh it could have been could have been bad and and luckily i had uh i had my snake boots on there to protect me if something would have happened um not often, I mean, where I hunt at, not often will you have to uh, really worry about snakes. We we drive, a lot of times we'll drive pretty close to the stand to drop somebody off, you know, to get in a box blind or whatnot. So they're not a huge issue, but it's definitely something that uh, you want to you wanna be mindful of. And that's... Um, where we hunt that's that's uh it's a pretty good jog to the nearest hospital uh, especially if we're hunting out in the mountains and staying at the cabins you're talking probably a two-hour drive two hour plus to get to a hospital so your equipment your safety equipment your safety uh first aid kit i mean all those things are stuff that you need to really keep in mind if, if you're going to hunt down there in them southern states for hogs and it's just something that you really want to be mindful of. You you really uh, everybody says, "Oh, it can't happen to me." Well, it, it can. It's very possible, and it's really one of them things that uh, a lot of people don't think about till something happens where they run across a snake out there, and it's just it's really really something to think about and. When you're making those purchases, a lot of guys are buying these big expensive guns and, and scopes and all this stuff. Really, really, really just got to think about maybe I could spend a little bit less and get this rifle and this and spend my money kind of somewhere else. Um, as far as safety equipment, um, hunting out of a stand, you know, having, having proper fall protection, having a harness. Um, 
snake-proof boots, first aid kit. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into hunting just besides having your gun and your camouflage. So it's, it's one thing for you all to think about is to, uh, you know, to really think about all the other gear that you need. Um, which brings me to another question. They, they always ask me, they say, well, you know, uh, when you go down there, how do you go about it? What, what gear do you use? What's your setup? Um, really, um, I go down there, uh, just give you the basic rundown. We'll go down there and the first afternoon I get down there, um, I'll, we'll pull the SD cards on the cameras. Uh, I use a, one of the little picture viewer, little SD card readers. Um, I use it and I'll go back through the cameras. The landowner, you know, he keeps uh, fresh cards and fresh batteries in the cameras. I'll go back through the cameras. I'll check them out. Uh, we'll see what time the hogs are coming in. Uh, if they're coming in, sometimes it's hit and miss. Um, but there's uh, there's probably seven or eight different locations where uh, you know where they got cameras at and where the hogs come in frequently. So we just run around, we check everything, and we see what time they're coming in, uh, what their pattern is, and then we just kind of base it off of that as to what time we're going to hunt, where we're going to hunt. Um, we'll run back to town, uh, get a couple sacks of corn, take them out to them spots, dump them, and just try to be there whenever uh, whenever the hogs get there and i mean that's there, there really ain't no secret to it i mean that's pigs are driven by two things uh, especially boars and that's breeding and eating so you know they're they're driven by food and and they're gonna go where the food is in the summer months, whenever it's warm, um, they're gonna they're gonna be around water sources. Um, they, they lay around all day and get in the mud, get in the water to cool off, that kind of thing. So that's something else you got to take in consideration. You know, is how hot it is outside and how how what the temperature is. So that you know you have to plan for that and where they're gonna be. You know, whenever it gets warmer, they might not uh, they might not come to the food sources a whole lot. They want to stay where it's cool and in, in the shade and the mud and the water, that kind of thing. So, something else you gotta you gotta think about and add all that in. But um, you know, that's that's really how we do it. We just get out there, we check the check the cameras, see where they're at, what times they're coming in, and and we base where we're gonna hunt off of all that information. Um, I like to take a range finder. Range finder's pretty good. Uh, just to, just to always double check, uh, you know, where you where you dump your corn out in relation to where the stand is. Um, you know, that's another thing that kind of uh, sways my decision on what uh, firearm I'm going to use. So, you know, there's lots of different factors. But um, it's all, it's, it's, it's a lot to think about. It really is. And, uh, but I, I really enjoy going down there. And I really think that uh, if you do any kind of hunting at all, uh, 
I really think that you would you would enjoy hog hunting. And uh, one of the reasons I go to Oklahoma is you don't have to have a hunting license to hunt down there. You know, they, they recommend it, but they're considered a nuisance, an invasive species, so you don't have to have a hunting license. You can kill as many of them as you want. And, you know, I, there, there's, there's just no hassle. When there's nothing else in season, then there's nothing in season here in my home state of Missouri. You know, you go down in um, early springtime and go down there and just bust some hogs. I mean, that's, I really, really, I really enjoy it. And uh, I know it's on a lot of people's bucket list to do. And if you've been thinking about doing it, I recommend getting out there and doing it. Uh, I have a lot of people that's always like, oh, take me hog hunting, take me hog hunting. And then whenever it comes, uh, okay, you know, I'll take you hog hunting. But then whenever it comes down to it, they, uh, they're like, oh, I can't go. You know, it's almost like it's, they're scared. I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily call it scared. Um, but I don't know if they just get cold feet or what the situation is. They, uh, but I have so many people that always tell me they want to go. And then uh, whenever a week, two weeks out, I can't go no more. You're missing out. You really are. You need to get out there and and just do it. Uh, Oklahoma's a great place to go. They, they got a lot of hogs down there in the southeastern, southern part of Oklahoma. Uh, Texas is loaded up. Arkansas. And, uh, I mean, they're they're moving. They're, they're moving further forward. They're just breed, breed, breed. And I got a couple people here in southeast Missouri where I live that have showed me pictures of hogs on camera, hogs on their deer camera they got. So it's it's not going to be too much longer, and, and they're going to be here uh, pretty thick. I would say probably within the next 10 years, you're, you're going to see them pretty thick. And our conservation department, uh, they don't want you to shoot them. And that's always kind of be a, been a big thing with me because cameras down there where we hunt, that is the key to being successful in our hunt. And we've been in there. I was telling you the story earlier about my buddy who uh, got in there and shot with uh, shot with a shotgun and uh, killed two killed two hogs and had three others run off that we we found little blood trails to that never could find. But uh, that right there was proof to me that the conservation department is full of it. And the reason I say that is because they like to make you believe that if you shoot, the hogs are going to scatter. They're going to run out of there, and they're never going to come back. And in reality, when my buddy shot into that group, we went and collected the hogs and threw them in the back of side by side, and we took off out of there. We come back in the next morning to follow the blood trails to see if we couldn't recover the other hogs. I went ahead and checked our checked the game camera over there, and that actual group of hogs that he shot into was back in there in that same spot within 30 minutes of us leaving. And 
the reason I know this is because there was one hog in particular. It was a, looked to be a white hog with black spots. And it was back on there another along with another um, like a chocolate or caramel colored hog. They were on the camera before the shots were taken and they were back in there, like I said, within 30 minutes of us leaving. And I mean, that just kind of tells me that if they're there, they're there for a reason. They're there to eat. They're there to there's something there that they want. And they're gonna come back. You're you're not just gonna scatter them. They're they're there for a reason. And I think the conservation department is screwing up by not uh, not letting us hunt them, not wanting us to hunt them. And I I think it's I think it's just a mistake. I think that um, you know we're gonna be overrun here too before for too much longer. So, but anyways, with that, I'm going to end this thing. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you very, appreciate you very much. Y'all have a good day. I'll see you on the next one.